Welcome to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. I am so excited about today's episode with the amazing Trish Blackwell. She's on here. We're going to talk about so many incredible topics. We have so many things in common that we're going to be sharing with each other. And before we head on over, the review of the week with five stars comes from AJ Henny, I think. And they say, great content, great message. I love Maddie's message, but even more, I love Maddie's authentic presentation on this podcast. Listening to Maddie in her interviews is refreshing. She stays true to her beliefs while curiously exploring pertinent health issues while helping people, mostly women, free themselves of the negative messages we receive from the media every day. As a health and fitness professional, this message is the real deal, and Maddie is helping front this. Thanks, Maddie. Also, I loved the interview with Layla Martin, but I love the healing from HA, adrenal fatigue, etc. content too. More of this, please. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I will make sure that I have more of that on here. I'm so excited that you loved that episode. Thank you so much for leaving a review. All right. So Trish, the amazing Trish Blackwell is a recognized fitness professional committed to inspiring others to live with more confidence, health, and happiness from the inside out particularly passionate about bringing hope to those who struggle with negative body image, eating disorders, or confidence issues, Blackwell has become the leader on image issues in the fitness industry. Personal trainer, author, podcaster, and app publisher, Trish inspires her community to conquer life with confidence. It's beautiful. I love it. Blackwell is the author of Building a Better Body Image, 50 Days to Loving Your Body from the Inside Out, a 50-day journey to living happier and healthier. Trish spends her free time running, surfing, and snowboarding with her husband, Brandon Sinan, and baby girl, Ellie. She loves unicorns, coffee, and the color pink. Welcome to the podcast, Trish. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, it's um, yeah, sign in. Yes. Sign Which in. Part, like, sign in your name in. Yeah. Oh, sign in your name in. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Well, thank you. I'm so pumped to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Your podcast is one that I've seen many times and just like all over iTunes. And I, I remember listening to your body dysmorphia episode last mm. week and it's just struck so many chords with me. I absolutely loved it. I wanted to devour it and I shared it with a lot of my um, clients and they all resonated with it. So thank you for oh, putting awesome. yourself out there and sharing all that in there. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. It's like, you know, it's like... I feel like you got, if you've got a story, it's not yours to, to keep. You got to share it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Nothing could be more true. I love that. So before we get into some of the questions that I want to ask you, can you go ahead and just give us your background, your story, how you got to where you are today? 
Yeah, for sure. So um, my story in a nutshell is, you know, I grew up just, you know, the all-American family, um, uh, girl next door, I was super athletic as a kid, um, so much so that, um, you know, best way to put it is as a 10 to 12 year old, I, my sport, I did all, all sports. My main sport was swimming. Um, but as a 10, as a 10 year old, I was faster than I was when I was, um, well, essentially being paid to swim in college. Um, so needless to say, as a young, as a young swimmer, um, there were a lot of expectations put on me about, um, Olympic potential and going to the Sydney games and all these different, you know, high level, um, things and that as a kid I thought that's that's it that's how I'm gonna make a difference in this world and I was so driven to do it and interestingly enough I went through puberty early um, and so in the sport of swimming that that really offsets you know like your hydrodynamics change in the water um, and so I wasn't as I, I started having a, a, a plateau putting a lot of pressure on myself um, you know I was like I, I have to I have to make the Olympic Games if I'm gonna be special if I, if I to, for me to do anything worthwhile in this world like I'm supposed to be at the Olympics I know it well unfortunately you know the pressure I put on myself and with my body changing um, it, it 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 wasn't in the cards for me but I blamed it on my body and so uh, a very young age I I started just a very unhealthy relationship with my body, with, with food and with exercise. And the interesting thing is being this type A, um, you know, all American athlete who's just really driven. Um, it was really easy to hide because people just thought, wow, she's just really driven. She, she's working out all day long, essentially all day, every day. And, and then some, and then just so, oh, she's so precise about her, her food. But, you know, behind closed doors, I was sick. I was miserable. I had a 10 year long eating disorder that, um, I really hid behind a smile. You know, I, I want, I had this giant secret that weighed on me and, um, and, and it, and it just led, it was this byproduct of perfection, perfectionism. And I made it through, you know, it continued and I, I was a, a division one athlete through college and it, I was, I loved, I loved that experience, but I have a lot of memories of it be just being very, very dark because behind all that pressure to succeed was this, you know, if I could only change my body or if I could fix my nutrition or if I could do this and just, um, I'd be, then I'd be better. Then I can make up for not having made the Olympics or this, all these disappointments and this desire to earn worth and approval, even though that was different to contrary to what I really believed with my faith. So I had a lot of contradictions and, and conflicts going on internally. And, um, you know, you name it, eating disorder wise, I did it and, um, struggled with it with laxative abuse and, um, uh, anorexia and compulsive exercise and, um, binge eating disorder. Order. Um, and I know I had so much shame around it um, that I just, it, it, I didn't tell anybody. Eventually was able to, you know, well, here's the thing, I hit rock bottom. So <laughs> that's how it came to, to find healing. And I started that, that path to, to healing. And, um, you know, interestingly enough, I ended up moving to Europe for a couple of years and that was a life-changing moment for me. In fact, I wrote my first book, The Skinny Sexy Mind, about this aha moment where everything changed for me about my relationship with my body and my relationship with food and my relationship with how to be in love with life and like, oh my gosh, I've wasted so many years. So uh, this big turning point, I can really identify to this like pinpoint to this cafe in this small town in France, like uh, looking at a fountain. So I had that that aha moment and I said, what am I going to do with this? And I wanted to go back and I wanted to work in the fitness industry because that was an industry that I was, well, I mean, felt like I'd been part of as an athlete my whole life. And I wanted to help people who were stuck 
in misery the way I was. So that's how I, I ended up becoming a personal trainer and got into the fitness industry um, for about a, for about 10 years. And, and during that time, just went, how can I start spreading this message of, of real confidence, real body, body freedom and, and real health, like how to really live well in the skin you're in and it's with others. And that, and from that morphed um, my business and my writing and my coaching. And um, you know, for me, it's all goes back to, to being, to being confident, to being well in your skin. Wow, what a beautiful story. I absolutely love that you were able to come back to your original passion of fitness, of moving your body. And it, even though your problems sometimes, I, I guess you would say, stem from that, some yeah. of your eating patterns, you were able to come back to that love. So that shows that there's an authentic, true passion you have for fitness right there. Because, I mean, obviously you couldn't be separate from it. Yeah. So, so being now a personal trainer and working in the fitness industry, I'm wondering how do you keep the focus on confidence being on the inside and teaching your clients confidence comes from the inside and to not let people get carried away with, I've got to change my body. I have to change my body. I have to look a particular way. Yeah. Well, so I, um, you know, that's been a process of me learning how to coach that for myself, but then also, um, for my clients as well. And, um, really, um, I've had the blessing of having some great mentors and, and asking me questions that were challenging of Trish, is this workout and is this workout that you're going to do or that you're putting pressure on yourself to do, to do well? Like, is it because you enjoy it or is movement fun? Is it, is it, is it like being a child again? Or are you, or, or is it just, is this the compulsion coming out? Is this a, I have to, is it a, I have to do this or I get to do this. I get the opportunity to move my body, to make it, make it, uh, to honor it. How am I treating it? Um, another question to ask, and I ask myself and my clients is what I'm doing today, investing in the longevity of my body. Like, is that extra mile on the treadmill going to make me a healthier person at, at 87 years old? Or if my body's saying, Trish, just not the day, or you're feeling your, your, my QL get tighter, whatever it might be. And you know, when you know it's time to stop, but if you have a compulsion and you feel like you have to do a certain amount of mileage or a certain amount of time or burn a certain number of calories, well, then you keep going no matter what. So it's, it's learning to say, is what I'm doing now good for me today and good for, good for Trish Blackwell at 87? If it's good for me today and at 87, I'm going to keep doing it. So it's kind of like I have to go back and go, look, Trish, I want to live well. I want to be, I, I want to be jogging when I'm 87. You know, I want to keep doing the stuff that I love to do. And so learning to find balance has been one of the most challenging things for me personally in fitness, but that's also, um, helped me work with clients because I'm like, I can, I, I love being able to be relatable and saying, listen, I get like, we have to be careful about how it gets, you know, gets to be a compulsion or if anybody struggles with they want to change their body um, or they're very focused on a weight I don't allow them to own a scale um, I don't allow them to see their weight they can weigh in or whatever um, and I'll, I'll keep track of it but that I I've spent way too many years of my life obsessed over those numbers um, and believing these lies of false identity that might be tied to it and worth that I I will do everything I can to help set up my clients or people that I love or people who listen to my podcast for success to have freedom from that. So it's a, helping people identify some of those triggers of what will send you down that rabbit hole of really perfectionism. And, and, and it's this, I'm in this like recovering perfectionist movement. I think for me, for so many years, what drove my sickness was the, was the cop out, the excuse, the crutch of 
oh, I'm just a perfectionist. It was like, it was like, that was like a justification for anything mm-hmm. you wanted to do. And, and I, and I'm, and so what I tell myself and my clients and my, and my community is like, it's not okay for us to use the word perfectionism in a good, in, in, in a good light. Like I, we can't keep saying, oh, that's just how I am. You know, it's so, I'm just hard on mm-hmm. myself. Like that's, it's time to, it's time to grow up and say, that's not who I want to be. I used to be like that. And I was so, so, so sad on the inside. You know, I don't want to live like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. exactly. I love that. I love it. So how being in the fitness industry, I know that you have to surround yourself with um, other like peers, I guess you'd yeah. say. Like since I'm in, in whatever industry I'm in, like body image, body positivity, mm-hmm. I'm constantly following people that promote that message. And I know, I absolutely know you do as well. But being with fitness, I'm sure you follow a lot of a fitness accounts on social media. But it is such a fine line. It is yes. such a scary place to be. Like I'm almost relieved. Yeah. I have nothing to do with that anymore because I feel like it would be so triggering. How do you deal with that? So the answer is I actually don't. So I do follow, I follow my, my mastermind people in, in the fitness industry. I follow my business minded, um, the entrepreneurs in the fitness industry that I either have really good relationships with or I'm learning from. Um, but I don't follow people who get me to uh, a bad mental space. You know, I'm very particular about what's going in my newsfeed, that it's, it has to be all body positive um, and, and, and all about, and all about body freedom. Um, so I really actually, though I am in the industry, um, I'm really more of, uh, you know, a, I, like I call myself a personal trainer cause I am, I mean, that's, that's the core of who I am, but my real calling and my real mission through what I do with fitness is, is confidence coaching is empowerment coaching. Um, and so I love that I get to be, I love the fitness element of it. I love, I love working out. I love sports. I mean, I get that. I can get that in, anywhere. Um, but I don't want that in my newsfeed. Because, and same reason I don't read a lot of fitness magazines anymore and I don't, you know, actually subscribe to any women's magazines because none of them are good for me. Mm, you're amazing and I feel like you're a very special breed and I love you. Like- well, <laughs> listen, it's hard. I also though, Maddie, at one point, like when I was really resetting my, myself in my life, um, I disconnected my my TV like 100% and I did it for five years. Um, I had Netflix. I was a lot, I like not allowed. I allowed myself to have Netflix and I would watch very specific things like documentaries, stuff that would get my like on fire to like go, you know, fight against injustice in the world, but nothing that was about like, I, I could, I had to stop all reality TV. A lot of that stuff was just driving me so far down this unhealthy, unhealthy path. Even if I was I was in recovery. I was really healing. I was, I was, you know, walking the walk, leading like the large groups of personal trainers as a fitness director. And I went, Trish, if you can't authentically be congruent in every area of your life, you have no business leading other people. So to do that, I had to take some drastic measures. Um, and then, you know, I ended up meeting my husband while we were, well, um, I had this like TV ban. And so it was a big joke that I could never have people over to watch any like, I don't know, basketball games or football or like, I don't know, like, Anytime he was visiting, it was like, oh, okay, we're going to read books tonight. <laughs> so actually took three more years in our relationship for us to actually um, get cable back. But like, you know, it was just so good to just unplug. It's so easy to get sucked in. And I had seen how it, how disruptive to my own mind, mind space it had been. 
it sneaks up in so many different ways. Like just yes. the demeanor, the way you carry yourself, even your language and how you start talking about yourself. Like the media contributes in so many different ways. So I'm really glad that you you do that for yourself and you also because I mean I just think that's so rare like from a lot of the people that I see that are hitting the mainstream with fitness like they don't promote any of that it's it's just a lot of shame tactics so right you're taking a completely opposite approach that is so needed in this world because fitness in my mind is getting a bad rep because of the people that are promoting body shame tactics but it's really not in and itself it's not a bad thing like moving your body it's not a bad thing and I don't ever want to feel turned off by it because of what other people say about it or how they view it or there are no excuses lines and all of these all of these different connotations that are strung along with it. Um, yeah, so I'm really glad that you exist and that you're doing this <laughs> for yourself or other people. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, and the thing I think for fitness for me and like what became my goal and what I want for my clients and my audience, my, 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 my tribe is like, let's just do cool things with our bodies, right? Like I'm, you know, I've since like, I, I'm a marathon runner and I've done an Ironman and I love that. Now I, I just have to be careful because I have that extreme personality that I could get really into that, like really into it. And that can also be a compulsive lifestyle. So I have to fight to find balance. And if I'm running and training for a marathon, I have to hire a coach so that I don't overtrain. So I know my limits and I put balance boundaries around myself to prevent any, any overdoing it. But the, my point being is like, I want to live my life to, in my, with my body physically to be like, I want to do cool things with it. So my, and it's so cool, like to, to build a, once you realize that, then you find the right people. Like even in your relationships, my, my husband, Brandon and I, you know, we both are physically active and it's, we've, as our bucket list, our lifetime goal, we've got, you know, three main things. We want to run a marathon on every continent. We want to surf in every ocean and we want to snowboard on every major mountain range. So like, those are just different things and they all involve moving your body in different ways and then also adventure. So that to me is so much more exciting than what my body fat percentage is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I try to just encourage people to think outside the box of like, when you think about fitness, what's the purpose? It's so that you can live life beautifully, that your body is this vehicle that carries you and to create this beautiful experience of it. And, you know, it's so I, that's how I, I really want to, I want to encourage people to talk about it and think about it. That's amazing. And, and one thing that I often tell people is that real fitness has no boundaries or rules. So like for somebody being busy throughout the day, cooking, doing the laundry, taking the dogs out, like that is your fitness. That mm-hmm. is your fitness for the day. And that is perfectly fine. There are no requirements. It doesn't have to be now we're in the gym doing back and buys. Like you can literally right. just walk outside, grab your mail, come back inside, do your chores and that be your fitness. And that's absolutely awesome because you're still moving your body. You're getting things done. You're feeling productive. And that makes a good day for a lot of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So confidence is something obviously that is very important to you and to teach people. Your podcast is called Confidence on the Go. What are some ways, some practical ways to supercharge your confidence? Yeah. Okay. So first and foremost, I'm, I'm so two, the two things that you can do in the morning that have been game changing and life changing to me. And they seem so trivial and small, but that's, that's the magic of them is, is waking up and doing, doing stretches for at least two minutes every morning. Um, being that the, being the first thing you wanted you do. And then also a gratitude journal. And I'll explain both real, um, really briefly. I'm sure everyone's heard about both and it's been recommended, but the reason why it's been such a great way to supercharge for myself and for my clients is that first with the stretching, it tells you that you're not stressed. Like for me to wake up, 
And before I do anything, to do my five sunset salutations, which I actually, to be honest with you, Maddie, I don't like doing them. Like, I really don't. Like, <laughs> the first two, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, it's all, I'm all crickety. And, but, but, it, but what it does is it tells me that I'm in charge of time, that I have full, that's, it, it gives me an opportunity to pray, to meditate, to focus and do my, my morning mantras. Like, it just gives me this sense of control over time and its appreciation and ability to be in a present because with the type of personality I have, I'm a go, 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 check, check, check. Like, I'm trying to go down the checklist and I try to, I, I have a tendency and propensity to try to rush through things. And I've been fighting so, for so many years recently to try to just live in the present. And it's amazing that doing five sunset salutations in the beginning of the day can actually help me do that. And when you have that ability to just be present, you feel confident. There's, when you're present, there's nothing to be anxious about. Insecurity is this expression of anxiety that manifests itself in all these different ways of body image or fear or just self-doubt. Or I mean, there's so many different ways. In fact, in my new book, I've got uh, it's called insecurity detox. There's 30 chapters that are identifying 30 different in- types of ways that insecurity manifests itself. And then it has detoxes for each thing. So like perfectionism is a manifestation of insecurity. So I'm in the interest as a confidence coach of finding ways to, to filter out insecurity and to supercharge it. Honestly, if you are actually present, it's almost impossible to be insecure because when you're present, you know that you're enough. You know that you're doing what you need to do at that moment. I think sometimes we feel overwhelmed because we're like, I just need to be 10 steps ahead of where I actually am. But that presence really is, you know, all you need. And so funny that five simple stretches can do that. It's like, I I still can't get over the fact that it really does charge um, your confidence up that much. And the same thing for the gratitude journal, the simple act of writing down five to 10 things, the first things that come to your mind, taking the time to put pen to paper, to write them out, um, it, what it does is it tells your mind, I'm setting the tone for the day. Like I've got the control over my thoughts. And I think one of the most empowering things that we can have for our confidence is to realize that the tool, the greatest tool that we could ever have at our disposal is our, is our, is power over our mind is our, is the ability to choose our thoughts. That's the greatest gift that we've been given this gift of choice. And I think so many of us have played the victim and or felt stuck in, in whatever you know, whatever issues we've had in the past, because we felt like, well, it's just, this is just how I am. But the truth is, it's not just how you are, it's how you, you're choosing to be by your thoughts. And so at the, the mere act of, of writing down what you're, what you're grateful for, not only does it set you up for this, you know, of, an attitude of gratitude, it's going to start your day, right? But it's, it's teaching your brain and your mind and your, and your just sense of self to go, I, I actually control my thoughts. Look at this. I am steering the way my thoughts are going to be thinking today about, about everything. And, you know, as you, as you write these things down, inevitably you're going to be writing things like, I'm grateful for what my body can do. I'm grateful that I, I, the way, for the way that oxygen feels when I'm breathing deeply, I can feel it through my, through my limbs as I'm stretching, like stuff that you, maybe you hadn't, you wouldn't connect to your body before, but it gives you honestly this deeper sense of, self-confidence that one, you're, you're more aware of your body, that awareness increases, but then two, not only are you aware of yourself physically, but that mental capacity, you realize, well, I have a lot more control over my thoughts than I, than I, than I used to think. And I, that for me was this breakthrough because as you know, I told you my story as a, as an athlete, I, as sports psychology wise, I overthought things. I thought I, I was, I was a wreck in the pool. I, I was, I was the perfect candidate to have like a specialized sports psychologist assigned to. And at that point is like the, you know, the nineties, it wasn't, that wasn't really a thing. So like I actually, when I was really growing and, and developing my confidence and, and, and finding body freedom and confidence, um, I actually had to overcome the fact that I, 
that's how I used to be. Because I went, well, Trish, you, you didn't ever, you can never control your thoughts before. Who says that you can now? Like, look, you, you didn't go to the Olympics. You didn't, you didn't achieve your, your fitness goals because of that. Like, so who are you to think that you can, you can now? And so I had to prove to myself, no, you train your thoughts the same way you would train anything else in life. The way you would train your muscles in a workout, you train your endurance in, in running, the way you would train anything. If you want better thoughts, then choose to think better thoughts every day. And every day that you do that, they're going to get more and more natural and you're going to have more and more strength. Mm, I love both of those tools so much. And it's so true. I noticed that when I take the time to put pen to paper, or in my case, I, I like to, to write things in a, a journal app on my phone, mm, yeah. because it's already right by my bed. And I'm like, okay, I can write down my thoughts and I can write down what I'm grateful for. Where is the moon in the sky? Like all those different things. Um, yeah. I can write those down and then I feel ready. Like I've, I've already done that. I've already expressed my gratitude and taken a little bit of control of my thoughts and I'm still in bed. Yeah. And then yeah. getting up and doing those stretches, I, I love that you said that as well. And that's something I often don't take the time to do because I think, oh, well, it's only five or right. it's only five minutes. So like, I'd rather just eat my breakfast at started on work, but taking the time to do that for yourself, maybe even putting on a little bit of music, even if it's just for one minute, if those five salutations are over in one minute, you have taken control of your day and just by doing those two things. Well, and it, and it, for me, it goes back to, I want to be a cool 80 year old. I mm -hmm. want to be a mobile 90 year old, you know, and, and honestly, the, and I, and I've been, had the fortune to be around some really fit, um, you know, really fit people who are in their eighties and nineties. And I'm some of the secrets. What do you do? Just move every day. You're like, wow. And you've, you've maintained your mobility and your flexibility. So it's also this, like there are little deposits that you're putting into your future. And I love that. That pumps me up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great way to think about it is where are you going to be in the future? Mm -hmm. So your book, I want first, because I, I can already see some questions coming from people. I want to first point out something. The title of one of your books is called The Skinny Sexy Mind, right? Correct. So you are not saying that you can only be sexy if you are skinny. Correct. correct. No. Okay. Let's talk about that because yes. some people may read that and think you're, you're alluding to the fact that you're only sexy if you are skinny. Not at all. Exactly. So the whole book is about that, that, um, aha moment that I had in France. And what I was looking for is, you know, the whole, you've got this whole quintessential French woman and you know, oh, they're so beautiful. The book is all about how I, for a year while I was living there and working there was mesmerized and magnetized the beauty of these women. And right. And I, and I was trying to, I struggled to find a way to really pinpoint them because it wasn't to me, like you would say, okay, so, you know, let's just go with a very stereotypical description of a French woman. Oh, she's so tall, beautiful, skinny, sexy. That's French woman. Like that's what, that's what, that's what we paint the French woman stereotype as. So that's what I was looking at. And what I found when I was living in France, the skinny, sexy mind of a French woman, was that that mindset of sexiness was in every single body type that there was. Cause I was, I was finding, trying to find this, like, what's the, what's the common thing? Is it, is it their style? Is it, oh, is it just really the tall, thin ones? Is, no, oh, well, no, she's not tall or thin and she's freaking gorgeous. Like, I want to be her. How is, how, wait, oh, wait. It was like, I saw every body type, every shape, every style. And they all possess something that I had not seen in the United States before. They all possess this amazingly peaceful and innate sense of self-confidence and ownership. They owned the skin they were in. And I had this, being a nerd, I like, like to journal about every, every word of vocabulary that was new. So I was at this cafe and I had my dictionary open. It was that nothing was electronic at that time. <laughs> there were no, no like quick look it up on the phone. So I'm pulling out the dictionary and I was like, how do you say, I was embarrassed because I was like, I'm fluent in French at this point. Like how do I can't describe 
how to say, gosh, every woman here is confident. Cause that's why I went, that's what it is. They're all confident. And when I, when I, cause I was like, that's what I want. Like I was trying to study, what do I want in these women? Was it a bo- I, I was seeking after what is this ideal body type that I'm think I'm looking for. And I found out to find out that it wasn't. So what it was, was you can't say she's confident, like the way that you would think in, in English. Instead, the French colloquially would say, um, elle est bien dans sa peau, which means, um, to be, um, well in her skin. She is well in her skin. That's how they describe someone if they're like, oh, she's really confident. Oh, she's really well in her skin. Like that to me. So that, that is the mindset of sexiness to be well in your skin, whatever that skin looks like, whatever size, shape or body type that, that takes on. That's now obviously these are large generalizations. I can't say every woman in France feels like, like has that sense of self and that confidence, but the ones that I was studying and I saw that reoccurring theme, that was that mindset. And that's what was, was life changing for me. What do you think the French woman, um, where do you think they gained that and where we lacked that? How come we're not all taught the same exact message and they get to receive that? They, I, that's a great question. I think they celebrate beauty so frequently and so overtly. Whereas we don't as much, we can say, "Oh, you're beautiful." You're like, oh, no, 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 thank you. No, you're beautiful. Like we sort of shrug, shrug, shrug off compliments because we've got such a competitive environment. Um, where I, I experienced in France, and you know, I actually taught English in, in elementary school, so I saw this taught at a young age of just celebrating each child's beauty and uniqueness, and it was just that was what it was. Or like, and then you then you start. Well, I also think that has something to be said for how how unrestrictive they are about saying what they think. You know, you walk down the street in, in, in like any city in Paris or France, um, uh, you are going to get asked out 10 times. <laughs> you can't as a, as a, as a woman who holds her head high and believes that she is beautiful. You cannot walk from your house to the post office without being complimented. And not in a skeezy way. That was the, that was what was game changing for me. I was like, okay, this is not just skeezy. So like these men, now again, there's some, there's further deeper issues in this. Some of it, I don't agree with all of it, but there is something to be said for this, the fact that everywhere the women went, go, they, they just, they're told they're beautiful. So why wouldn't you think that you are? It's, it was proof in the pudding to me that repetition matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a difference, you know? And, and that to be open enough to also celebrate one another's beauty without thinking it's a competition. Right. Not questioning your own if you give it over to someone else. Exactly. That's really special. I love that. It seems like the French, they, from what I've seen, you know, the culture I've, I've read uh, things about it. It's they they want to indulge in the finer things in life and that's it. They enjoy that. And and we like, you know, like we're we're punishing, we're, we're, mm -hmm. we're, yeah, we, (laughs) we are punishing ourselves for, for those things. We make ourselves smaller. Yep. We, we, Yeah, exactly. Nail on the head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I adore you and I love having you on this podcast and I know we're running short on time. So I have a quick fire round and and I'm going to cut it in half and just ask you about four of those questions. Okay. Before we get there, where can my listeners find you and connect with you online? Awesome. For sure. So trishblackwell.com. Um, that's the easiest place or, you know, on Stitcher or on podcast app, you can get, you can connect with, um, our confidence community. It's confidence on the go, or you can just type in Trish Blackwell and then, um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. It's all under Trish Blackwell. It's super easy to find. Awesome. All right. Question number one, what are two material things you cannot live without? Mm. My cup of coffee and (laughs) pretty paper. Oh, well, what about a pen? I mean, 
Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you can um, say pretty stationary. It comes together. Together. I'll take the pretty stationary. Okay. <laughs> um, what's a must read book? A book we all have got to get. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna self plug because I think my newest book is a is a must read book. I'm gonna give you two answers. I'm gonna give you my newest book, The Insecurity Detox, um, and you can get that at insecuritydetox.com or at any bookstore. Um, so check that out. That you know I, I do. I think it's a I think it's gonna be a ground changing book on because it's not a normal detox where you're removing stuff. It's a detox about adding truth into your life. So that's it's a really unique spin on this concept of detox. But then the other book I would recommend is um, I just love James Allen's um, As a Man thinketh oh i've never heard of that just such a classic 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 um yeah just talking about you know the thoughts in your mind how to control your mind and how does how to really start training your thoughts i mean it's like 100 years old classic <laughs> yeah currently what's your favorite meal oh pizza pizza <sighs> crust pizza yep oh, thin crust pizza. pizza with um extra cheese and mushrooms Oh my gosh, We're, yeah. we are soul sisters. I love it's it. Amazing. It's got to be like oven baked though. It's like got to be, you know what I mean? Like crunchy. Yeah. 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 All right. Last question I'm going to pick to ask you is what does body freedom mean to you? Oh, it's a great question. I think for me, body freedom is the, is the confidence to walk around feeling alive feeling judgment free of yourself, being free of perfectionism, feeling, here's what it is. It's, I'm going to one of my favorite movies as a kid. It's that feeling of being in the fields of the sound of music with their arms out, <laughs> running in circles and singing and skipping. It's that youthful freedom that we got as kids that I think we're meant to live with for us through our whole lives. You know, we sometimes lose it as adults, that's cool. We know we've all experienced it before. We know how to be free in our bodies because we were all children at some point. So it's learning how to get back to that. Mm, sounds to me like vulnerability. Yes, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Great answer. I love that. Well, Trish, thank you so much for coming on the Mind Body Musings podcast. I know that I could have extended this episode with you so much longer, but I'm just glad that we got to get your wisdom and have you on here and um, definitely we'll have to, to stay in touch and, Absolutely. And, and my audience will have to follow all of your work cause it's just wonderful. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Maddie. You guys are awesome. Thank you for having me. Okay, everyone. If you want to check out her links and check out the link to her book, you can go to any of her links like she mentioned, but you can also go to the show notes for this at maddiemoon.com slash Trish dash Blackwell. This is episode 103. And, um, like I've said in the past, like what six episodes I'm in, um, I'm going to be not yet, but by the time this airs, I will be in Southeast Asia still. So be following along my journey on Snapchat at mind body musings or on Instagram, metal moon or my blog. I'll probably will be all over there. So thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you next week. Mm -hmm.